it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Okay, I've gone all global again, listeners. I do find this very exciting to be traveling all over the world in the time of um, uh, limited travel. <laughs> and also, I'm going somewhere um, that I've never been before, the USA, this evening. Well, it's this evening for me, but it's kind of just gone lunchtime for my guest, uh, who is in Michigan. And um, I had to ask her where that was, but I do know it's in America. And we're going to talk about lots of things, but one of the central themes will be non-fiction books. Now, I don't mean by that we're going to give you a reading list, uh, although I suspect a few might come up in conversation, but it's more kind of what you do with them, how you make them kind of work for you and your development and growth and all the rest of it. So um, yeah, this is this is exciting. This will be a really interesting conversation. So welcome across the miles, Susan Steele. Hello. Hello. Hello, Tricia. Am I really your first American guest? No, I've rather bigged okay. it up. Um, I, <laughs> I, although then you are in the rare um, category that I certainly have not had a huge amount. Um, but it's it's kind of you know lovely. To, I've been I've been to various other countries around the world uh, through my screen as well. So it just feels good. And of course, America is so huge. So I think I've had other American guests, but not Michigan. So it's true. It's true. What what is it? Give us give the listeners a, a nice little sensory. Um, uh, sensogram of Michigan. What's it like? Well, I, uh, Detroit, I think is known as obviously the home of the automobile. Actually, it's more Dearborn, which is a suburb of Detroit. Um, and I actually worked at uh, the museum that Henry Ford founded back in the 1920s. That was one of my previous lives. Um, I worked as a manager there on new, uh, new exhibit projects, which was a fascinating job to have. Uh, our unofficial state motto is that if you don't like the weather, wait a minute and it will change. <laughs> it is not uncommon for us to have three seasons worth of weather in one or two days. So, uh, you know, it's just, we always have to look at the weather before we leave the house, just like many other places. Yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> sensogram. Brilliant. And uh, so did you, were you born and bred there? I was, yep. I, I um, actually was born in Detroit and I've lived in one of the suburbs of Detroit ever since. Wow. Wow. You're a real proper local man. Yes, and, I am. Yeah. And so does that mean you've, apart from one interesting job you've already described, brilliant. Um, have you traveled to other places for work or have you always worked in this area too? It's pretty much always been in this area, but you know, I've been running an online business for a few years now doing different things. So that has, you know, that's taken me all over the world, which is one of the amazing yeah. things about, about do it, having an online job is, you know, I've had clients in England, in France, I've talked with people all over the world. It's, it's amazing that we can do that now. It is. It absolutely is. So, 
I, I mean, I'm going to, you, you put on your sort of little mini profile on LinkedIn, um, read to rise coach, which is a nice little description, which we'll find out more about. Um, and you say, take purposeful action, reach full potential. Well, you know, great. Th those sound like some really good, well, it's that nice mix of action and the sort of self-awareness work, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, we all, those of us who love to read will read anything. You know, I think you and I have kind of touched on that before. There's very few nonfiction books that I don't like, um, but personal development books are my favorite. And I think I used to read them like most people do, which is just one right after another. You're searching for something, you're searching for something. This book will tell me, this book will tell me, this book will tell me. And I really realized that that's not the way it works. Uh, I think you have to slow yourself down. You have to read more effectively, more actively. So you want to read to actually learn something. So take notes, uh, summarize the, I, the concepts that you read about after the fact, journal and reflect on what you've learned. So you finished this chapter. Well, what does this mean to me? I know how the author understands it. What does that mean to me personally? And that's, I think, where I've had some of my biggest realizations is in that reflection time that happens after you finish reading. I, what a great list already. <laughs> listen, listeners, you're getting huge value in the first five <laughs> minutes of this podcast. Slow down, read to learn, take notes, summarize, journal and reflect. What does this mean to me? I mean, this, this, is, this is really good because... Um, I, there are many listeners out there who I'm sure have got piles of nonfiction books and certainly personal development books, business tips, left, right and blinking center, and also find yourself and mindset work that you name it. And isn't it, it is amazing that we now have such a, uh, I actually, to go back, because I'm a bit geeky on this kind of thing, in terms of history, is the, is the genre of sort of, um, personal development books is is that something in that has developed in latter decades or is it does it go all the way back i think it's always been there it's funny that you mentioned that because i was on facebook the other day and someone showed a picture of personal development books from back in the 40s and one of the books that was right at the front of the picture was how to Something about how to be a single woman in the 1940s. And I did a little Google searching and I actually found a scan of the copy online. So those kinds of books have been around with us for literally for decades. Um, there's, uh, oh, what's the one that I always think of? Um, I can't, his name is escaping me right now, but there have the, been tons. The Dale, the Dale Carnegie one, of course, was that was out in yep. the fifth year. That, yeah, yeah. There's a lot from that period. But um, certainly, I think in the last 20 years or so, it's just, you know, that has that is a category that has massively grown. Even in the past, I know I mentioned this in a blog post a couple of weeks ago that I did. Even in the past five years, the number of titles has just skyrocketed. Clearly, there's a market for those kinds of books. Um, good. I'm writing one myself at the moment, so this is good news. But, but the thing is, is this good or bad? Because I, I guess it's this isn't all good. Um, there's going to be two problems with that. One, I guess some of the quality of this stuff maybe not be so good. 
maybe the marketing is great, the quality of the book not so good. So then we've got that problem to to sort of a minefield for us to go through. And then also too much, just too much overwhelm. Totally. I think one of the keys to be more effective is to be very strategic about which books you choose to read. I know for a long time I would buy, you know, Simon Sinek's got a new book out. I will buy it. Uh, Marie Forleo has a new book out. I will buy it. And that's, that's really tempting if it's someone that you've already watched online or you've read their previous books. But again, if you're not reading for a specific purpose, for a specific strategic purpose, I think you're kind of wasting your time a little bit. You might get something out of it, but I think there's a lot of value to saying, okay, I really need to know, I need to know this. I need to have more self-awareness. I need to work on my living beliefs. Then you can pick a book that's more on topic for you and knowing that you're reading for a specific purpose, I need to raise my self-awareness. I think that starts to get you more value out of it as you're reading. That makes sense. Cause I suppose there would be one question would be, do you, cause I tend to have a sort of, I'm reading something or I've read something online and there's a, you know, there's a link to something else. And there you go, off you go down your little rabbit holes, um, which in one way I love because I'm just like constantly in detective mode and I do like discovering things that quite random things. So, so there's that kind of, that kind of element to it, which isn't a bad thing, but it is very time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bit of a luxury. And then there's the, do you, do you deep dive once you've, once you're in one book and there are perhaps references to other books to, you know, which, are, which are in that same, same topic. Do you deep dive or do you try and spread so you get loads of different perspectives? Oh, go on, unwrap that one for us, Susan. So this year for the first time, I actually made a list of the personal development books I wanted to read. Um, I've never done that before. I tend to be very organic when I'm choosing my next book to read, whether that's fiction or nonfiction. But this year, I thought about the things that I really wanted to get better at. uh, And I chose 12 books, one for each month, that I wanted to read for this year. And as of now, I think I've read eight or nine of them. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to all 12, but it was an interesting experiment to just be really strategic and really thoughtful about the books I was choosing and what I thought I was going to get out of them. It does, I think it does limit that, that rabbit hole that you can fall into of, oh, this one's new, I'll grab this one, or I like this author, I've read his other stuff, I'll read this one. Because I think you need sort of it's a little catch 22. You need the self-awareness to know what you need to read next, but some of that self-awareness might actually come from the reading. So. Oh, I like that. Yes. That yeah. is a brilliant go both ways. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then what about reading to, um, to sort of shake up and challenge your, um, your thoughts, views, beliefs, um, default ways of thinking, because of course we tend to, it's a bit like confirmation bias, isn't it? So you, you tend to sort of get into this place. You think, well, these are the books that I want. These are the authors that I like, these are whatever, whatever's. And so uh, bring me them, bring me mm-hmm. more. 
But of course, that means we're excluding um, a bit like, you know, the friendship groups we maybe have got on LinkedIn or other social media. We are excluding to a certain extent possible whole new. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's, it's definitely an interesting idea. I started reading um, Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo just this past week. And that was a specific decision on my part. I am, for those of the, the listeners who know the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 5. We're the investigator. We like rules and structure and, uh, you know, a settled way of doing things. And everything is figureoutable is outside of my comfort zone. You know, there's rules. If I follow the rules and, I, and, and something doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out because I'm following the rules. I wanted to kind of break out of that a little bit and say, okay, how can I have more of an open approach? How can I get to this place of believing everything is figureoutable? So I think if you do have that little bit of self-awareness, you can say, oh, okay, this is a book I need to read. This is going to expand. And there's also the, the research piece too. You know, I think you need to think about what book you're going to read. Talk to friends, talk to colleagues. Who's talking about this book? Who's read this book? Um, what do the reviews say about this book? I think you need to do a little bit of that research if you're, um, if you're going to pick something that's really meaningful for you. Mm. And as you read it, you touched on this. Now, I, um, I know some people think this is absolutely criminal to do this, but I love to write notes all over the place when I'm reading in the actual book, Susan. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? It's, it's you know, I, I, I did a post about this on LinkedIn a few months ago, and there were decided opinions on both sides. To me, it's your book. If that works for you, it works for you. The only reason I think I don't do it, I, tend to, I do tend to buy more Kindle books than anything else, and I will highlight in those. But even with a hardcover book, I take so many notes when I'm reading, I would never be able to fit it in the margins. But hey, if that works for you, go for it. I think, no, you're right. It is more highlighting than notes now, come to think about it. Yeah, it, it is more highlighting. And um, it's quite interesting because it, it took me a while to realize that, because um, I do have Kindle ones as well, though I'm a oh, big fan of the, of the real thing. But, you know, that it's useful because <laughs> it's expensive to constantly buy beautiful yeah. uh, hard copies, isn't it? So it is, it is really useful. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't realize for ages was how when you've highlighted, you can then go on to your desktop, onto Kindle highlights, and actually you can actually copy and paste those highlights into documents. It's, yeah, that's really handy. And you know, the nice thing about highlights there too is you can see all your highlights for the book basically on one page, which, you know, if you're, if you've done them in a physical book, you do kind of have to leap through them a bit. But, you know, like I said, you, you got to do what's best for you. Uh, you know, one of, one of the commenters on that link talked about the fact that writing in the book makes it feel like they're having a conversation with the author. And I loved that, you know, that's, that's what the author's going for. It, it is a conversation in some ways. And if making notes right in the text helps you have that conversation and get more out of it and make you think about what you're reading, I am all for it. 
What a great, well, that is a lovely way. Of Isn't it beautiful? I, I, I had never thought about it that way, but it's very, I thought it was a very perceptive comment. Yeah, yeah, love it. I'm writing that one down. Um, yeah, I, I think, as you say, everybody's different. So some people might presumably um, have an Excel spreadsheet and be writing columns of various things that they want to dissect out of these things that they're picking up as they read. I mean, great. We're all, we all have our own way of taking this stuff in. Um, yeah. I, um, I think I respond very well to the, you know, what, about, what do you think about audio books? You know, I, for myself, I don't like audiobooks. I'm just such a visual learner. I want to be able to pick it up and hold it in my hand, whether that's a Kindle or a book itself. But audiobooks are incredibly popular. And if you can get something out of an audiobook, go for it. I, I've had people tell me that they will read the book and then listen to the audio or listen to the audio and then read the book. So, you know, that second time around, that's just going to give you more more data you know you're going to retain more of it if you do if you're doing both ways yeah and you're right a book doesn't have to be a one-off uh, by any means does it mm -mm. i i mean i have several fiction titles that i've read many many times persuasion by jane austen is one of them it's my favorite fiction novel i've lost track of the number of times i read it and i think there's huge value in rereading nonfiction too you one of my favorite, favorite books is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I've probably read it four or five times. And every time I read it, I see something else that just didn't resonate me before with me before for whatever reason. And now it does. Your life changes, your circumstances change, your outlook changes. What, what will you get on a second or a third read? Oh, so true. I, in fact, I picked up a book that was a... Uh, on the reading list when I was at uni. I, I, to, be, to be fair, I was a mature student, so it wasn't that long ago, but yeah, it was. I graduated <laughs> in 2005, which is now a long time ago. But nevertheless, um, it's, not, it, it's not, I didn't go when I was 18. So, but this book, um, Getting to Yes, which is a, quite a classic book on negotiation. Mm. Um, and um, it, it, it's really good, but it's quite a thin book, which is nice too. Um, it was on my shelf and, and some, I was working with a client and we were talking about something and I thought, you know what, they find this book really useful. And I got it back out and then I started rereading chunks of it. And I thought, I thought, oh, and I'm getting so much more because to be fair, when you're at uni, you're, you're inundated with stuff, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't like the other students going out partying every night, but nevertheless, I was going a bit <laughs> crazy in the library. Um, so, <laughs> so um, and I got, and also I've, I've experienced life and all sorts of things in that intervening period. So everything oh, yeah. you then go back to, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, your, your life changes, your outlook changes. Uh, there could be a part of the book that, that really speaks to you. I was posting about this on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, and someone was talking about reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which is a very popular book. And she said, you know, it's just not working for me. I'm really struggling with it. I said, well, then don't read it right now. Not reading it right now doesn't mean you'll never read it again. Um, you know, your life may change in a year or two. You may feel differently. 
So, you know, not every book is for every person at every time. I know there have been books that I've picked up and then put down because they just weren't resonating with me. And then I pick them up again at some point in the future. And, you know, you say, well, why didn't I like this the first time? There's good yeah. stuff in here. So it's, there's huge value, I think, in rereading. You just, you get so much more the second time. How do you feel about talking about how to read? So mm. obviously some people are a heck of a lot quicker. Read. My, I, my husband is like ridiculous. I mean, he just, well, he's not ridiculous. He's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he is a massive reader, um, mainly of fiction, actually. But he reads way more. He reads properly. He's not skipping, but he reads so much quicker than I do. I am literally reading every word out loud in my head with expression and pause everything. It takes forever. Um, so consequently, I think that's probably why I have this mix of Audible and, you know, Kindle and thing, because I can kind of pick them up here and there and everywhere. And so, so I quite often will be dipping in and out of a number of books at any one time, as opposed to this very disciplined, picking up a book, reading it from cover to cover. Now, do you, do you, in terms of how to read and what you get from books, do you have any, any sort of thoughts about that? Yes. So there's a couple ways you can do it. Um, usually when I'm taking a personal, reading a personal development books, I am going to, to write notes. But even with myself, I notice that that's difficult for me to do the first time around because I feel that it slows me down. So now my new method is to read the book all the way through, then go back and reread it a second time right away and take notes. Um, again, you're getting that second run through. So stuff is going to kind of leap out at you and, and get stuck in your brain since you're reading it again. It gratifies my, um, my, you know, my desire to know right now what this author is going to say, just kind of that excitement of looking at someone's new ideas. You know, I can get that, gratified my first time through, which might be kind of quick, but then I go back the second time, can be a little bit more thoughtful. I will take notes. I will slow down. You know, reading, I think is such a, it's such a personal thing. Um, there's, there's as many different ways to read as there are people on the earth. And you may just need to do a little experimentation. I mean, a variation on that is to read one chapter once and then go back and read the chapter and take notes. So, you know, there, there's options. You, maybe you do listen to it on an audio, and then at some point in the future, you read it in a physical copy and take notes. Mm. You may need to do a little bit of experimenting to find out what works best for you. Well, you know, that, that brings us to, that's quite a nice little segue, actually, Susan, to something else I just want to touch on before, before I let you go and get on with the rest of your day over there in Michigan. So, um, I agree. You're, you're quite right to bring that up, that we're obviously we're all different. We're all, we're all going to approach it, but we're, we're all different. However, it's no bad thing to shake up some of your habits and defaults. So what you just said, I think is very good advice. And I, and I will definitely take that away and, um, and experiment with the way I, with the way I read a bit and just, just, yeah, you know, just out of my comfort zone slightly, which is always, always mm -hmm. a good thing. And I, and I just want to talk about that in terms of, um, you know, when we're reading all this personal development stuff and we're getting everybody's ideas and we're raising our self-awareness and everything. And, and what about that moment where we think this is it, this is, this is 
this is it. I do all this. I do all this. This is what means success. And I'm going to reach this place of success. And that's a bit of a trap as well, isn't it? It is. I think there's, uh, there's a reason that there are so many more books, personal development books being published right now is people are looking for it. I mean, specifically thinking about the last, you know, six or seven months and the lockdown, but even then, I think people do get to a certain point in their lives and maybe they're not happy. They feel like they're still looking for that something. And it's easy to think a popular book is going to do it. You know, everyone's reading this book right now. It's getting a ton of press. I see it everywhere. So I will pick this up and I will follow this book and I will do the things and that's it. And there's no magic bullet. I wish there were. I wish I could say to someone, all right, if this is what you're looking for, read this book, everything will be fine. It, it doesn't work that way. I think especially um, when you're talking about taking in information by reading, you have to, it's, it's not going to be one book, you know, the, the, we read those kinds of books to learn more about ourselves and no one book is going to give you every single answer for yourself. You need to have some self-awareness. That's why I always advocate for reflecting. All right. So what does this, what that, this, paragraph or this chapter I just read, what does that mean for me? If it's about raising my self-awareness, about knowing myself better, how well do I know myself? Do you, mm -hmm. Is there something else I should do to figure that out? Is there another book? Should I take a course? Should I talk to someone? Um, there's, it's, it's, I wish there was that magic bullet. I wish we could all just say, you know, all right, read this one thing. And life yeah. is just not that simple. <laughs> But then, no, and, and maybe that's a good thing. But also, what, you know, what one outlook on where you might want to go and therefore define that as your pinnacle of success, of course, then you've got the whole, you know, how do you define success thing anyway, haven't you? So that's going to be different. But just, just tell that little story that you told in a recent post about the, um, about a different perspective on what makes mm. people happy. <laughs> So the post I was talking about how I kind of always secretly wanted to be a bartender. And it's funny because I rarely drink alcohol and I'm a huge introvert and I don't go to bars normally, but for the longest time being a bartender just seemed like it was really cool to me. And I was reading uh, a book a couple weeks ago and one of the characters said to the other one, well, didn't he ever want to be more than just a bartender? And it really made me think, you know, if you like taking care of people, if you like preparing food and drink for people, if you like being around people, if you like to be that person who will listen to someone's problems and maybe give them some advice, maybe just be that, that you know, nice shoulder to cry on, being a bartender might meet all your criteria for success. You know, you, you can't just say that it's a dead-end job or that it doesn't have any meaning. If your definition of success includes all those things, bartender might be a really good fit for you. You know, if you make enough money and you have the things in your life that you want, that's, that's success. We very often get caught up in the idea of success with quotes or bunny ears, as you guys say. Um, you know, it's the car and the house and the vacation and uh, you know, lack of debt. Society tells us what it means to be successful. If, you, if that's what you're going for, 
you're probably not going to be successful if you're using someone else's metrics instead of your own. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a very good thought to um, begin to wrap this up with. Oh, there's so many. Actually, this, is, this has been fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, now, before we say goodbye, you have got um, something coming up. I want you to uh, just tell the listeners about it. So I have a new program starting in November, and it's called The Path of Pure Potentiality. And my business really is about helping women reach their full potential. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I think we get to that age in our lives, not everyone, but a lot of us. I mean, this is what drew me to coaching initially. I had gotten out of a huge amount of debt. I had a good job. I had a house. I had a car. And I realized that I didn't really have any of things in my life that I did want. And, you know, I was thinking about what is my full potential? What does that mean for me? And that was when I first started working with a coach a few years ago. And now I kind of want to pay that back a little bit. So the program is really about getting clarity in three things, which is your values and your, your framework for making decisions, your, um, your definition of success, what it means to you, and finding your zone of genius. What is the thing that lights you up, that drives you every day, that pays you a good income, what is that thing for you? And we'll be talking about how to find that, that job for you that, that ticks all the boxes. Love it. And that starts, um, what we, and this is online as a group program or? Correct. Yep. We start the first week of November. Uh, I don't want to give a specific date because once we have the attendees in, we'll try to pick the best time for everyone, but it will be that first week of November. Excellent. And so to find out about that and all the other wonderfulness of you, where do people go? Readtorisecoaching.com. Simple. Read to rise. Great, great words to put together fabulous yeah i love it um and also of course linkedin absolutely i'm very active on linkedin i would love to connect with you there yes absolutely and that's how we connected and i'm very glad we did so uh, this has been um really interesting i'm going to go and love my books again <laughs> as i always do although i think i should maybe give some away and uh, yeah, keep it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you're nodding there. I, I, I know. I, I feel your pain. I just, I moved earlier this year and the, the number of boxes of books, even for me, it was a little embarrassing. <laughs> They're heavy. Excellent. I'll have a great rest of the day there in Michigan. Stay safe. And it's been fabulous talking to you. Thank you, Tricia. It was wonderful talking with you and uh, we will continue to be in touch. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. Well, I could just say read, but that would be a bit silly. How about read more consciously? So think about how you're going to really make the most of your reading. Taking notes, reading it twice, first time without notes, second time with notes writing that in a separate place or in the margins, having a conversation with the book. Just really work out what works for you. Audio, hard copies, Kindles, highlighting. Yeah, just be a bit more conscious about your reading. And remember, real you doing real communication will really engage real people. Results. By the way, 
All the show notes are over at trishalewis.com forward slash podcast. You'll get your key takeaways and points from this episode and any resources and links that have been mentioned and details about the wonderful person that I've been interviewing or just myself if I've been talking to myself. Okay, catch up with the next episode. Subscribe so you know when they're ready and just keep this conversation going in a real way. Never be ready.